Thank you for listening to this message from Resurrection Life Church in Granville, Michigan. It's a blessing to be here. This is a miracle place. Do you know that? I mean, this is really a miraculous place. I go all over the United States. I go all over the world. But really, in the States, two of the greatest miracles I've had in my services happened here. Uh, a woman walked out of a wheelchair who had been in one for 13 years, I forget, how long the other one who walked out. We put it on our television. So to me, I believe there are miracles here this morning. I believe God has a miracle with your name on it. Put your hand on your heart. Say, I won't forget. God has a miracle with my name on it. You know, if you expect nothing in particular, what do you get? Nothing in particular. But if you expect something in particular, then you get what? Something in particular. What kind of a miracle do you need? Just think for a moment. What kind of a miracle would I like to just receive from God? Now I want you to stand up. This is good for you. And the scripture God gave to me is Revelation 21.5 for all of you. You know, the word will prosper in everything. Isn't that true? The word through your mouth, through your heart, through your action causes you to prosper. And I'll just share this before I share the scripture. I was in Pakistan one time. I was so tired, and I had jet lag, and we had, you know, like 100,000 people. And I'm getting up to the platform. I said, oh, God, I'm so tired. He said, I'm not. And then he said, it's not your name. It's my name. And that's true. And the scripture I have for you this morning is Revelation 21.5. It says, he that sits upon the throne says... Behold, I make all things new. Right, for these words are true and faithful. God is creating new beginnings for you. So put your hand on your heart. I want you to pray with me. Say, Father, I thank you today. You're a creator, and you're creating new beginnings for me. These words are true and faithful. Jesus said them. And he said it to me. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. I'm very excited about the ministry of the uh, whole book of Daniel. Do you like Daniel? I think sometimes prophetic books make us nervous. You know what I'm saying? You read Revelation, you think, oh, I feel like my brain is scrambled. You know? And you say, oh, some of the prophets, you know, they're just overwhelming to me. But Daniel, I believe, can prove the Bible is true because God shows Daniel history as it progresses before it ever happens. Amen. And before I get into Daniel, I'm just about to forget something that I want you to have. This is called Confessions of Health and Healing. Folks, every morning when I get up, I confess certain scriptures because the word is health to all your flesh. You know, I am now almost 84 in two months. I have more energy. I have more open doors, more miracles than I've ever had. But I confess what God says. And, of course, we say, well, he's Jehovah Rapha. And Rapha not only means healing, that's great, but it also means health. 
Why do you have to go downhill because you're getting older? Say yuck three times. Yuck, yuck, yuck. You can get better. Amen. <laughs> and so I want you to have it. It's free. You just have to fill out a, a slip here, and that's good. Okay, let's go to Daniel for a moment. I see how very successful Daniel is. And these same principles work in our lives. The same things that he used will work in your life today. Now, when you look in the scriptures, you see that God has three arenas of prophecy. He has revelation, which is for the church. Put your hand on your heart. Say, I won't forget. Revelation is for the church. Then he has Zechariah. That's for the Jews. So keep your hand on your heart. Say, I won't forget. Zechariah is for the Jews. But Daniel is for the nations. So keep your hand on your heart. Say, I won't forget. Daniel is for the nations. So these are the three arenas of prophecy that we see that are important. What is God focused on? He's focused on the Jews, no question. What is God focused on? He's focused on the church. But God is also focused on the nations. And Daniel opens that up to us about the nations of the end time and what will be happening, writes it, tells you exactly what's going to happen before it ever happens. But how can you and I be successful in this time? If you watch the news, whoo, it's bad news, right? But you can change the news because you have Jesus inside. And you don't have to put up with everything ISIS does. Rebuke it in Jesus' name. He that's in you is greater than he that's in the world. Amen? Is the name of Jesus bigger than Al-Qaeda and Hezbollah and Fatah and that Boko Haram that's going on in Africa? Yes. Everybody say yes. So we can be world changers in this time and not be depressed but change the news, speaking the word of God, praying the word of God. So I look at Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in very, very dark times. They were taken as slaves, if you can imagine, into Babylon, a totally idolatrous community. They're young, they're brilliant, you know, they're healthy, they're wise, they're, they're all good things because Nebuchadnezzar would take the cream of the crop when he conquered a nation and bring these young men back trained them for three years, and they would be his wise men. So here is Daniel, dark, dark time. He's left his family. Maybe they were killed. You know, the uh, beautiful temple had been burned to the ground. And when he gets there, they try to change his name to change his nature. But Daniel does something, and so do the three Hebrew children. They change their names to idolatrous names, but you can change somebody's name, but you don't have to change the nature. Amen? People can call you names, but honey, that doesn't change a thing. You got Jesus inside. Amen? So they change their names to fit the idols. But here's the number one thing you must remember in this time. Everybody say number one. I see what Daniel did. You know what? He purposed in his heart. When he got there, all the bad circumstances, everything, he purposed in his heart he's going to serve God no matter what. You know, right now, Christians aren't the most popular people in the world. But we're going to serve God no matter whether it's popular or not. 
we're in purpose. We're going to read our Bibles, amen, and we're going to stay in purpose. So look at someone and say, honey, stay in your purpose. Now, what else? And I see the second P that he did because, you know, the wise men kind of get in trouble because the king, Nebuchadnezzar, which is, means a broken ceramic. <laughs> I think that's so funny. He's a crackpot. <laughs> and so Nebuchadnezzar has a dream. He can't remember it. And so he calls his wise men, tell me what the dream is and what it means, and they couldn't. And so Daniel and the three Hebrew children hear about it, and they do the second P that is so important for you in this time, so important. They prayed. They had an all-night prayer meeting. That's the second P, so important in this time. Don't just look at the news. Pray over the news. Change the news. Don't just gripe, right? Okay, so they prayed. They had an all-night prayer meeting. Now, when you pray, you open your spirit to hear from God, and that is very, very key. So it's important. We have a good prayer life in this time, very important. Learn how to have a just lifetime of prayer. Everybody say prayer. Now, when you pray, you open up your spirit to hear from God. And that's key for us because we want to learn how to hear his voice. And I have never heard his audible voice except one time, but I've heard him on the inside many, many times. Amen? One time I was on an airplane. I was sitting by this man, and, uh, you know, he, he was kind of depressed. So the Lord said, I want you to speak to him. And I thought, well, I don't know if he's going to listen. But anyway, I began to talk to him, and I told him how I had become a born-again Christian because when they served lunch, you know, he didn't have the earphones on. And he said, uh, why are you telling me this? I said, because I just feel like God told me to tell you. He said, well, they tell me I'm dying with cancer, and I need to know how you found him. You know, hearing that still, small voice, amen. And so what happened to them in the night Nebuchadnezzar had that dream, but they got the revelation of what the dream was and what it meant. Daniel got that. So he perceived. So listen, when we purpose, everybody say purpose. When we pray, we get perception. Now you missed that point. When we purpose, when we, we get perception. Amen. And so... Daniel gets the dream. So he comes to the head of the eunuchs and says, I know the dream. So he takes him to Nebuchadnezzar, and he tells him the exact dream and what it means. And he said, you dreamt of a head of gold, arms of silver, stomach of brass. It's a very, very tall image. Legs, long, long legs of iron, and ten toes of iron and clay. And then he said, in a rock hit that image and crushed it, and then the rock filled the earth. And so he tells him the dream, but then he tells him what it means. And it is absolutely the history of what has happened on the earth and about end time even tells you where the Antichrist will come from. You say, oh, I don't believe that. It's in the Bible. It's in the book of Daniel. 
That's why I love people to get this study guide because I'm telling you, it won't leave your brain scrambled. You will understand because God didn't want us to be ignorant or why did he put that book in there? Amen? So after he tells uh, Nebuchadnezzar his dream, then Nebuchadnezzar said, you know, I'm so impressed with you. I'm going to put you over all of these, a uh, big part of my empire, and he gives him power. Everybody say power. Now, it's interesting, if you purpose in your heart, and if you pray, you perceive, and then God gives you power, and that's the way it comes. We say, oh, I want power first. No, it doesn't come that way. It comes what first? You say, are you going to make us talk all the time? Yes. Everybody tell me, purpose, pray, perceive, and then comes power. Now, you know, I go to all kinds of nations, Hindu, Buddhist, you know, atheist, Islam, and it's really something. I took a year and prayed over every nation in the world, and, you know, never anticipating of going, and there were certain countries, especially Muslim countries, I would have a warm feeling toward. That was many years ago, probably, I don't know, 30, 40 years ago, and I would feel that, and now I go to them. And what impresses Muslims, Hindus, Buddhists, atheists, is healing. Healing is God's dinner bell. Muhammad hasn't healed a fly. Amen. All those idols of the Hindus. But when they see the power, everybody say the power, they get born again, they get healed, they get spirit-filled, they get turned on. Everybody say power. <laughs> Amen. Stand up. I want to pray for the Spirit of God to move through you in great power. Put your hand on your heart. Say, Father, use me in the power of Jesus' name, the power of the Holy Spirit. Use me to bring miracles in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. So here is end time, and what does Daniel do? He's interpreting dreams, and then it's so interesting. He lives a very long time, probably easily over 100 years. So when he tells him, oh, you are the head of gold, but you are going to be conquered by the Medes and the Persians. Now, Persia is Iran. Say that with me. Persia is Iran. So when you read this book, I'm going to tell you, you're going to see what's happening today, and it's happening where? In Iran, exactly. The prince of Persia that fought with the archangels. Hey, that's Iran. Everybody say Iran. Do we have a problem with Iran? Oh, yeah, I guess we do. That's all in here. That's in your Bible. You didn't catch God, you know, unaware. So here he says, you know, here you are, you're Babylon. The Medes and the Persians are going to conquer Babylon. That happened. Hasn't happened in this timing, but it happened. Then he said, the brass stomach will be Greece, and Greece will rise up and conquer the Medes and the Persians. And that was done through Alexander the Great. And I tell you this history, even tell you how they got Babylon, how the Medes and the Persians took it. It was really a creative idea. 
And then he said, those legs of iron, they're long. And who is this? This is the Roman Empire. Because in this end time, those nations around the Mediterranean Sea, which were the Roman Empire, will produce 10 kingdoms, 10 toes, and out of it, the Antichrist will come. And he will conquer. And this is in Revelation 2. I'm not making it up. Put your hand on your heart. Say, I trust you, Marilyn. You teach the word. Okay, and, and the Antichrist will come out of one of those ten toes of the old Roman Empire. And he will conquer three of those nations that were in the Roman Empire. And then seven will submit to him. And so we see that, but all also... We see something so wonderful that really affected Nebuchadnezzar's life. We see the rock. Who's the rock? Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. And the rock came down and crushed the whole image, all world empires, and filled the earth. That's the coming of Jesus and setting up his kingdom on the earth. So we're living in end times. So don't, don't hang down and act, oh, it's so hard. Just shut up and speak the Bible and move in the power of God and trust him to do miracles that you cannot even imagine that he would do, but his word says it. So now we see some things. With Nebuchadnezzar, he actually lost his mind. He became a real crackpot. And he got into pride, and Daniel interpreted a dream and said, you know, if you get into pride, you're going to lose your kingdom and you're going to be crazy. This tree that you dreamed about is going to be cut down. The number seven will pass over the stump of it. And he said, you will lose your mind for seven years. But at the end of seven years, you will look up and praise God who gave you the empire. Don't let that happen to you, Nebuchadnezzar. But Nebuchadnezzar, a year later, just a year later, he went out and said, oh, look at this great empire that I have built. And he went crazy. He really was a crackpot. <laughs> and he lost his mind and thought he was an animal. So, you know, people coming to visit would see this strange face, long hair, long nails. This is all Bible. I'm not making it up. And he would look through the trees and go, bark, bark. Who is that? Oh, it's the king. He's crazy. But <laughs> at the end of seven years, he lifted up his eyes and praised the Lord. And so he got saved. When you go to heaven, we'll get to meet him because God can save crackpots. Amen. He can put them back together and make their lives so wonderful. So then we see that, but then we see some things also with the three Hebrew children because not only was Daniel moved into power, they had been in purpose, they had been in prayer, they had been there that night Daniel got the dream, but they get power too. But uh, Nebuchadnezzar, before he gets really saved in his heart, he sets up an image of himself and said, everybody who doesn't bow down to the image will be thrown into the burning, fiery furnace. And these men, I love how they stayed in purpose. Everybody say, stay in purpose. These men said, no, we're not going to bow down to the image. We're not going to do it. They said, well, we'll throw you into the burning, fiery furnace. They said, that's okay. Our God is able to deliver us. Now watch purpose. Watch purpose. 
But they said, if he doesn't, we still won't bow down. And this is what God said to me about this. He said, Marilyn, will you be faithful even when it seems that your faith has failed? Because I'm growing both things in your life. I'm growing faith, but faithfulness. Now, folks, you know, I pray for the sick. I see a lot of healing and miracles, but I've also seen people die. And so the first time I got involved in somebody's death, it was a 17-year-old girl who had leukemia. We prayed, we fasted, we did everything, and she died. So I got mad at God. Did you ever get mad at God? Don't raise your hand. Just upset. I said, God, I will never pray for the sick again. And he showed me this in Daniel. He said, faith, our God is able to deliver us. But will you be faithful when it even seems your faith failed? And that really has helped me sometimes when I haven't seen everything I wanted to see. Are you hearing me? But look what happened to them. Oh, look, because they stayed in purpose, they're thrown in. And who shows up? Jesus. And Nebuchadnezzar gets to see Jesus. This crackpot's getting better. And he sees, how many did you throw in? Three. Well, I see four. One looks like the Son of God. And so all along, God's wonderful process of dealing with this man until finally we see he becomes a believer. Is that cool? And so we look at this book, and, you know, when I begin to study, especially about nations, I see that God repeats himself in different ways. And this is interesting to me, that Daniel, in chapter 6 and 7, he begins to have dreams. And they're the really basically the same thing. Only he dreams of them as animals. Now, Revelation has a lot of picture things like dragons and horsemen and, you know, all these things. And I said to the Lord, how come you put all those pictures in there? He said, because you remember better in pictures than words, so I do both. So here is Daniel and I described this dream. I even have pictures and show you the different empires all mapped out. You'll like it. Easy, easy. Because I told you I used to be a school teacher, right? School teachers keep it simple, right? Okay. So then he sees a lion. Wow, that represents Babylon. What is the lion? It's the king of the beasts of the jungle. So Babylon is a great one. But then he sees a bear. The Medes and the Persians got it because over they got Babylon. And I tell you how they got it. They got it in a night because of a plan they got. And they just squeezed the life out of Babylon. A bear squeezes strong. Medes and Persians, you've got two big nations coming together. And Medes are the present-day Kurds. Isn't that interesting? All of this is still around. That's why I love the Bible. It just fits everything. It's better than Fox News. Amen. Okay. Then he saw the bear, but then he sees a leopard. And leopards are very fast. And that's the brass. That's grease. And so this leopard, oh, he goes fast and gets his empire right away, conquers most of the known civilized world. And who is that? That's Alexander the Great. Remember how quickly he took most of the civilized world and died at 32. 
So Greece is shown. So we have, everybody say Babylon. We have Medes and Persians. Put your hands out. You'll be good. Say Medes and Persians. And we have Greece. Okay, so we began to see how Alexander the Great is going to take it very fast, but then it says he is broken and four wings come up on the back of that leopard. This is all in the Bible. I have it pictured here in the study guide too. And what happened? When Alexander the Great died, early 30s, his empire was divided into four segments. Did God tell it before it happened? Can you believe the Bible? Can you trust in God's word? Absolutely. And so those four nations that it broke into, he sees that happening. Now, that's the second witness. We have the image, right? Tell me again, what's ahead of gold? What is it? Babylon. What are the arms of silver? What? And what is the stomach of brass? And what are the iron legs? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's the Roman Empire. It had two capitals, one at Constantinople and one at Rome. And out of this long, long legs, the old Roman Empire, which is being revived in Europe, will come. The ten toes and the Antichrist will come out. But remember the rock. So, you know, he sees all of this, and it's in his dream, and it's bearing witness. Why does God do that with pictures? Because in the mouth of two or three witnesses, everything is established. So he tells him again, only with pictures of animals. Amen. But then he also sees an iron creature. Oh, ugly looking. Iron, Roman Empire. What does it have? Ten horns. What comes out of one of the horns, a little horn, which is the Antichrist? How are you doing? Are you cool? Are you okay? Stand up. Turn around. Turn around. Say, God is bringing a turnaround in me this morning. I see God is cooking. Amen. Okay, so you turned around. You can be seated. You can be seated. So then he sees it again. And then he has another vision, and he only sees this time the Medo-Persian Empire and the Greek Empire. And again, he sees it broken. But at the end of that one that I just told you about, you know, in chapter 6, something else happens. He has a vision of the glorious Lord. He sees Jesus. Because you see, folks, with the end of the nations and coming to the end of time, it says the return of Jesus. Amen. So he saw the glorious Lord. Now, we are living in that time. And when you go to chapter 12, you will see God talking to him in such a personal way. He calls him beloved three times. And then he tells him, What's going to happen? He said, in the end time, there will be great knowledge, and people will go to and fro. People fly every place now, 
and great knowledge, all you have to do is have a phone and put it on Google. We have access to knowledge like never before. Are we in the end times? Yes, we are. And then he tells Daniel, Daniel, you're so beloved. And he said, you know, you're going to stand back on the earth and you're going to live in your inheritance. So he begins to tell him again of eternity. Folks, we don't just have hope in this life. We have eternal life. Amen. And then he said, those that win many to Christ shall shine as the stars forever and ever. Oh, my goodness. Would you stand up? Would you like to be a star? Not a movie star. A star in God's kingdom. That's by winning people to Christ. So put your hand on your heart again. Say, Father, give me favor with sinners. I just love sinners. And sinners love me. Give me boldness and wisdom to win someone to Christ in the next 30 days. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Hallelujah. You can be seated. Now, sit down. Now, of course, I want you to get this because I'm just teaching it quickly, but oh, how you're going to see Jesus in this. Now, let me say something to you. A lot of times we say, oh, you know, I'm going to buy flowers for someone for a gift. You know, flowers wilt. Well, I'm going to bring them candy. You make them fat. Buy one for yourself and someone else, right? Give them the word of God and change their lives. And let me tell you, this is not hard. And it's real and it's scriptural. Amen? And so I want you to get one this morning, and I'm going to autograph them for you too. Now, I don't normally do that, but this is one of my favorite churches in the whole world. I love your pastors. So I will be back there to autograph it. Kathy, can you come up and help me here for a moment? I'm just going to show you some other things that are cooking. Uh, I have, you know, I've done a Bible encounter here where we looked at Jesus in every book of the Bible. But now I have broken it down into seven workbooks with like 38 DVDs. So it's very good if you just want a personal Bible study, you want one with your family, small group, Sunday school class. And so... Let's look at this. It's just called Seeing Jesus. This is volume one, Genesis to Deuteronomy. So we have those available. You know, they're being used all over the world. And our Jesus encounter now is in six different languages. So those are great things. And then if you hold up that beautiful comfort blanket, you know, Sarah and I, we believe Psalm 139, that every person born on this earth has a destiny. God has a plan for them. Nobody is an accident. So we put scriptures that I quoted when she was in my womb that she quoted over her children, and then we put this together and prayed over it that every child whose body touches this will fulfill the destiny God has for them. So you say, well, what if they're a boy? We haven't been blue too. And so this is a nice gift, but remember there's an anointing on it because we've prayed over it. And then if you hold up the great big, uh, this is the biggest prayer cloth you've ever seen in your life. You know, folks, there's lots of ways to get people healed. Do you, do you remember when Jesus spit on that man? I said, why did you do that? 
why would you spit on someone? And the Lord said to me, I didn't spit on him. Well, I said, you did in my Bible. He said, no, I spit on his blindness. He spit on it. Now, I did that Ancestry.com. They give you this tube to fill up with your spit. So you spit and spit and spit. Then you send it in, and they tell you something of your ancestry. And I thought, why did Jesus spit on him? He was spitting his DNA. Isn't God cool? He just does such magnificent things. So we have prayed over this. This has all the things of who Jesus is, and it's like a $150 seat. You say, what do you use it for? I'm telling you, I go overseas. I think this year, at this point, I will be in 11 different countries. So next month, pray for me. I go to Argentina. I go to Buenos Aires. I go to Brazil. I go to Jerusalem. And I go to Egypt. And Egypt is having a big revival. I know a man that they've been involved with 55,000 young people who've gotten born again and baptized. This is Egypt, honey. This is Egypt. So this helps us with meetings like that. Okay. I want you to stand up. You said, man, you know, you're going to really enjoy your lunch because you've had so much exercise ahead of time. You know, people say to me, how did you get into this craziness? My neighbors especially say that. You know, actually, I got in when I was 16. I was raised a Methodist, pretty liberal. Went to a Methodist youth camp. They had a Baptist minister spoke who told us how you could have Jesus come inside. Now, I knew about Jesus. I just didn't know you could have him in here. So at 16, I invited him into my heart. He's never left me. I've had the most miraculous life in the world. I mean, miraculous, because I have Christ in me, the hope of glory. Now you say, well, that's so hard. Oh, no, he did all the hard part. He died for your sins, and he arose from the dead. And he, all he asks is for you to repent, Believe that he died for you and arose from the dead and invite him into your heart. How many of you have done that? Wave at me. Are you sorry? Absolutely not. It's the best decision and it has eternal life. Now, maybe you're here this morning and you say, yeah, I've done that, but mm, I'm not really reading my Bible. I'm not really like I'd like to be. I used to be real turned on. I'm not so much now. But on this April the 26th, I'd like to recommit my life to him. How many of you need to do that? All over. Just put your hand up. I need to recommit. I'm not where I should be, and I want to be there. Put your hand up really high. That's good. I see the balcony, too. Now you can put your hand down. Maybe you say, well, I'm kind of like you were. I've never invited him in. Folks, it's the best decision I ever made. You want a supernatural life and you want eternal life, invite Jesus in today. So I want everyone who wants to invite him in for the first time or who's recommitting to him, put your hand up one more time, one more time. I want you to slip out into the aisle. It'll be easy because everybody's standing. Just slip out into the aisle. 
because I get to pray with you. And that, to me, is the best thing in the whole world to pray with someone. Come on right up here to me. That's so good. And, you know, just to help people, even if you know what they'll say, turn to the person on your right and say to that person, do you need to go up there? I'd like to go with you. Turn to the left. You know, some people just need a little tender, loving care. Say, I'd like to go up there with you. And then just come up with them. That's so good. Let's clap for them as they come. So good, so good. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. These are the greatest miracles of all. Amen? They're the best, the greatest. Awesome, 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 awesome. Wonderful. Did I get the balcony? I think balcony is still coming. Can we clap a little more? It's good for you. Let's get the balcony down here, too. Here they come. Clap. Whistle. Stop. Get excited. You love Jesus and you love people. That's so good. Keep clapping. Here they come. Here they come. Woo, I love it. I love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. So good. Good, 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 good. Thank you, Jesus. Now, all of you in the balcony out here, extend your hand toward these people. Because this church is a family, right? We're a family, absolutely. Now, I'm going to lead you in a prayer that tr will transform your life forever. That's good. They're still coming. And then I know they have material and people that are going to pray with you afterwards and help you. Folks, we need all the tender, loving care we can get. And this church has it for you. So pray with me. Say, Father, you love me. You have a wonderful plan for my life. You have a divine destiny with my name on it. I'm not an accident. I'm a divine appointment. This morning, I repent of all my sins. I have faith in the blood of Jesus to cleanse me from all sin. Jesus, come into my heart and be Lord of my life. Thank you for saving me because the Bible says, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That settles it. I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 For more information about Res Life, please visit our website at reslife.org. If you have questions about ResLife or would like directions to visit us, please feel free to call 616-534-4923.